What's goody, what's goody, what's goody, everybody? This is Kim in the back with my tea of the day. Certified free. Seven days a week. But as pussy, make a color game week. So, what came out? And let's get into it. So what came out at first when I heard that Megan and Miss Cardi B was going to do a song together, I wasn't here for it. I'm not even gonna lie. I felt like Megan just came off the hiatus of Hot Girl Summer with Nikki off of Savage Remix with Beyonce. Like she wants people who's talented per se, and like. Especially like her, she Megan, she's all about female writing the raps and how she writes and everything like that. So I wouldn't think that she would really do a song with Cardi since we already know that she doesn't write. But Walk came out and I felt like off of initial listen, it was underwhelming. I expected more, I needed more. But I understood that this is what they, this is their round. This is what they both talk about. So, I wasn't expecting a masterpiece. I just expected more. But when I seen the video, that video was amazing. It was everything that I expected, plus more. It was the choreography, just to see Megan in that light, just to see Cardi just looking so visually stunning. I gotta give it to her. Cardi's all about visuals and her visuals be everything. And I'm still here for it. So the video was amazing. The song, per se, like Cardi, I felt like she was kind of reading off of a paper. Or was it like her flow was just kind of boring? Like I felt like she was still trying to stay in a specific flow. Was it really bar heavy, of course? It just gave me what Cardi gives. And Megan, I felt like Megan sold the show. I felt like this was really her round. She fixed flows. She looked good. And Megan, in my opinion, she kept it. And I'm happy that they actually did it together. And I just want to congratulate them for going number debuting at number one. Because they're the first, I guess, they're the first um, duo to debut at number one in history for female rap or music in general, something like that. So congratulations with that. A lot, apparently a lot of everyone was streaming and there was a whole lot of controversy behind this all. At first I didn't know what WAP stood for until I listened to it again. I'm like, oh, what ass pussy. Go figures. But there was a lot of liberals and there was a lot of men who were like, oh, but they're supposed to be um, role models and this song is too vulgar. But Slavo Manov isn't vulgar. Like, at the end of the day, like, if you're a man and you're saying that this song is too vulgar, I'm fucking confused. Because I'm quite sure you told females to suck your dick or Slavo Manov or you just sound that they're like, this been sexual way more sexually perverted songs than this. This was like a nursery rhyme compared to a lot of other stuff. Yes, this was a sexual song. And yes, you should not tell a woman to not live in her her sexuality, not 
be happy with the womanly and the woman that she is. Because they don't say anything when you're, when men are coming out with having bitches stuff on their dick or, or golfing or this, that, and the third that you hear in Marabot songs. But when a woman does it, it's looked at on, it's looked at as, it's a problem, it's looked at as, like, women shouldn't do that. And not for nothing, like, yes, they are public figures, but that does not mean that they're role models. You need to pay attention to what your kids are listening to. If you don't want them to listen to that, then that sounds like a you as a parent problem. It doesn't sound like a musician or artist problem where they need to not be as sexualized or as sexy as they want to be. So, yeah, that's kind of that on that. So let's get into this little Kim wanting her flowers. So little Kim was on, I guess, Fat Joe's podcast and thought Joe's not a, a rapper anymore. He's no longer doing music. He's just Remy Ma's sidekick or however you want to categorize him as. So he had the podcast, I guess, now, and Lil' Kim was with her baby father, boyfriend, husband, whatever he is, Mr. Paper. And they was in a car and they did an interview together. And he was basically on some, oh, so do you feel like you still get your, did you get your flowers? And she was like, no. Here's my thing, Lil' Kim. I, where, this is where I have a problem or issue with you, because I just don't understand it. How are you not getting your flowers when, yes, you are very influential in female rap and in rap in general. Yes, you made being sexy or a sexy rapper or hardcore, we're talking about sex, very um, publicized. Absolutely. However, comma, you didn't fully write your raps. And listen, we're not even really getting into that because you're still one of the dominant female rappers that's going down in history. My problem is, if you're getting all these award shows, people paying tributes to you, every female rapper is still saying your name, but no one wants to work with you, but you're not getting your flowers. Make that make sense to me, because at the end of the day, you're not putting out music, you're not putting out hardcore stuff, you're not putting out anything that's sticking. Your last album, Nine, did absolutely nothing. This last 10 years that you've been in the game, You've just been talking about not getting your flowers, not people not paying homage to you, and about Nicki Minaj, basically. The whole 10 years. And that's the problem. Like, how are you expecting to get um, respect and notoriety and XYZ if you're not doing anything besides talking about people? I'm not going to act like you had their perfect uniting front with other female rappers in your time because you went after Eve you went after um, Foxy you went after a few people so we're not going to act like you was a staple for female unity because you're not and it's sad that everyone bigs you up or says oh yeah I was influenced by Kim because I feel like they have to knowing that a lot of the female rappers are inspired by Nicki however comma I feel like you just, when is enough going to be enough? Like, 
when are you going to feel like you got your flowers? The people respect you and that's funny because regardless of everyone still respects what you brought to the table and what you created for the lane for everyone else to sit in. So I don't know what else you want from people. And it's really becoming annoying and it's really becoming sad. It's like, do you want to be mother hen? Do you just want the respect? But then he comes, he comes on after and said, okay, so who would you put in? Like, how do you feel about WAP? People are like, well, it is what it is. Basically, she didn't really give a fuck about the song. She felt salty. I guess because she wasn't included. And then Fajo also asked, okay, so what is it? Like, how can we get another ladies night and who would you involve in it? And you know what she had the nerve of saying? She basically said, um, well, I don't know besides me and me and Ram. Like, you and Ram are not best friends. You and Ram had beef as well. But y'all got together for to take a female rapper out. What unity. And at the end of the day, he asked, who would you put in the song? Meaning you're not involved, but you still want to be involved. Why do you still want to be involved in something that you don't need to be involved in anymore? You have a legacy. Why are you still trying to be involved and not changing with the times and not getting with the picture? Like, rappers have a, a lifespan. Yes, you're still known 20 years later, but rappers have a lifespan. And your time, unfortunately, is over. So, by you not trying to be behind the scenes and help these girls, whether it's rapping or just getting on people's things or using the OB or doing something, you want to be a part of the situation. Like, we need a new lady night, not a lady night 2.0 where you and other girls who you don't even like <laughs> who you don't even understand or don't even actually probably pay attention to look at and that's the sad part like you're really messing up your legacy and hopefully you get it together and hopefully this helps because this isn't it's not a good look like what are we doing here put out some music be behind the scenes if people want to use your stuff, give them the clearance to use what, 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 or whatever vocals that they want to use. And if they feel like they want to put you on the song, let them put you on the song. But I think it's more ego than anything. Like, yes, you, you've been hurt. You lost Biggie, so then you lost your notoriety a little bit. You get a lose your respect. And then the Notorious movie came out and then you felt the type of way because Notori played the hell out of your role. But you felt like she was too dark. Like, you're not dark. Girl, bye. You mad because this is who you are. You what you was perceived as a hoe, whether that's what you were or not. And then he goes marrying Faith. Then he goes marry um, Faith Evans. And then now you look like a side chick. So you dealt with that. You dealt with um, the whole young, the whole cash money thing, where you felt like they bought, they bought your stuff to give to Nikki, and then didn't want to work with you no more. Then you dealt with the whole you and Diddy situation, and how Diddy didn't protect you, or I guess put you under his wing after the whole Biggie being dead and stuff like that. So you definitely been through a lot. I feel like you can definitely put out a movie or put out 
something that's concrete to tell your story in your own words and in your own eyes. Absolutely, but other than that, let the new girls have their shine and stop asking for flowers because you've gotten it. You've gotten awards, you've gotten people paying homage to you, you've gotten people emulating you, you've got people dressing up as you for Halloween, you've got the tribute. I don't know what else you want. Unless you specifically say you want XYZ, then I guess the, the industry can see what they can do as they have it done out already. But I think it might just be a you problem. And I think you really need to just sit down and just not be so angry. And I'm not saying like you have rights to be angry, but let's not act like you wasn't the top person in the 90s. And they didn't forget, and they completely tried to erase what Foxy did. And Foxy gave you one free money. I never personally listened to Foxy. Maybe I need to revisit that. But it was you for me. And for me to see you still in this day and age, working the way you do, acting the way you do, it just, it hurts me to my soul. It's like, damn, like, this was a, a prima rapper I looked up to. Like, she was the top dog. Like, she was my number one. And just to see how life treated you and how you're not making your situation any better. Like, put people under your wing like you wanted, like you wanted to do to Nikki or you wanted to do to other people. Really put people under your wing and create this ladies' night because it's going to be epic whoever you put in it because it's going to be done by you with love. And even if you be featured in the video, yes. But you don't need to be a part in the front of that. And just really worry about female unity and really try to big up rappers. And try to big up female rappers and really start pushing your pen. And please start with the auto-tune. But other than that, it's just, yeah, I don't know. But thank you for listening to episode 57 of Kimi with the C's podcast. You can hit me up at on Facebook at Team Holder or you can hit me up on IG Mr. Holder and just let me know what you thought about it you know share it let your friends let your family share it and just let me know how I'm doing and if you want to actually be on my podcast that would be dope I'm always looking for some new talent and some new conversations and important conversations to have and I always want to do that with other people. I don't want to necessarily always do it by myself. So definitely hit me up on that. And thank y'all for listening. And thank y'all for making my last episode almost have 50 plays. Like, thank y'all for really listening and diving in to Blackest Cake with me. And that moment that it had. And the moment that it has. And how prevalent it is for today's times. Thank y'all. Thank y'all for listening. Laters. Was Gideon? And I'm back with my tea of the day. Welcome to episode 59. I got a special guest for y'all. It's one of my good, good, my good, good Judy's. And it's time for us to have a little conversation. What's good, boo? Hey. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you? I'm great. 
So we're here today because we have some things to discuss, to debrief, and to get some opinions and some clarity on. So I know you heard my last um, podcast about domestic violence and transphobia. What were your thoughts on that and this whole Megan Thee Stallion um, aspect and the trans woman who was brutally abused? It was, oh my gosh, it was like, it's horrible, but it it sheds a light on, like, what's really going on. Stuff that, like, I feel like we kind of just push to the side and we don't, we're just like, oh, you know, that it does happen. But you know what? It It is what it is. But you can't, you can't push it aside no more. Like, I feel like, especially in the, the LGBT community, it's not going to be pushed aside. Everyone has to be treated with respect, with love. Um with the Meg Thee Stallion situation, oh my God, the way that she was treated in the end, like I needed clarity on like why she was like shot in the first place. Who pulls a gun mm-hmm. on someone and just shoots them? That's not even a thing that you should be doing. But then right. it's also just the fact that she wanted to save him from having to go through the whole process of dealing with the police because already you know in the black community well black and brown community we're dealing with having to get pulled over and stopped by police and police brutality and it's a lot and I I I understand that but when it's taken to the fact that you're protecting someone who could have could have killed you that's Mm. something that I don't even know I mean I support her 100% like she didn't even have to give me proof I didn't need proof and I felt like she shouldn't even have to have gone out of her way to give anyone proof you don't have to justify being shot you were shot you don't have to justify that at all you shouldn't have to but unfortunately I guess in this day and age this climate people want proof visual proof because words Mm -hmm. clearly aren't enough anymore yes and to domestic violence just in general is is scary and you know I can only speak on like what I what I hear especially if like you're trans and dealing with domestic violence the question is is when you go to the hospital if you get a chance to go to the hospital will they take you seriously will they treat you as a person regardless of you know who you were born as this is how you feel you are a woman you know what? No one wakes up in the morning and they say, oh, I'm just going to be a woman. No, you go through the process that is physically and emotionally, it's draining. But you go through it because you know that this is the life that you want to live. And no one has the right to put their hands on you, to treat you any way, you know, and and everyone needs to be treated as an equal, no matter what. That's very true. And unfortunately, I hope that people really understand that everyone is human. Everyone has a right to live their life and how they want to live it. If you don't agree with it or you don't understand it or you don't like it for whatever your reasons are, Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you get to now make a change in terms of putting your hand to someone because you don't understand. Exactly. Instead of just acting. So you're you was born a man but then we always just i feel like as people we always look at for a trans woman what's between the leg 
instead mm-hmm. of what they are they feel like yes their, their, their body part might be different and maybe the same but that doesn't define a person exactly <laughs> exactly exactly and people are just trying to live like who gives you the right to sit there and put your hands on someone like my like my 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 advice to everyone mind your business everyone's just trying to survive and trying to live mind your business if you don't get it you don't understand you don't like it keep it to yourself or do what most people do type it up online but don't sit there and come out of your way physically put your hands on someone like that's not cool like we need to do better as a society and it starts with just you know have sitting down having a conversation getting to know the person not the exterior but more so the interior because that's really what matters the most can you say that again because that 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 hit home that was something special and deep that people I feel like need to really hear yeah just focus just focus on the interior because the exterior it doesn't matter at all nothing about what you look like on the outside matters is what matters is on the inside that's oh my god to me that's the most important thing about a person that's beautiful to me what they represent not what they look like and that's and that's a great that's a great um admiration to be and want to look at because I guess um, appearance is, is cute. We all do look for, I guess, people who look like something or something like that. But most of all, you want someone who's good actually feature, right? Who has morals, who has, who knows the self-worth, who like has things going. Not necessarily mm-hmm. their looks. Like their looks should just be an add-on. It shouldn't mm-hmm. be the main exactly. deal maker. So exactly. uh, I heard you got into something new. How is that? Someone special. Yeah, I got a new man. Yes, very happy through like kissing so many like frogs. I found my prince and I'm very happy. Congratulations. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. So what did you look for when finding him if he was looking at all? Or did it just magically happen? I'm gonna be honest. I um, I really wasn't expecting anything. I've always told myself I wanted someone who treated me right. You know, I have flaws, and I wanted someone to look at my flaws and just be like, "Flaws? What flaws? You're perfect." You know, even though there's no such thing as a perfect person, I want that one to look at me in the eyes and just be like, you know, you're perfect and treat me the way you would want someone to treat, like your mother, your sister, your daughter. That's something that I really, really wanted. And I met him online and I met him like last year, December, we started talking and I was like, you know what? I really don't think we have much in common. It's probably not going to go anywhere, but you know what? I really just need a distraction. Um, So we started talking and then maybe like two months in, you know, I was like, you know, we've been talking online for like a while. I feel comfortable giving you my number because no guy is going to wait two months to get your number from offline they're gonna eventually move on so we exchanged numbers and we started talking the first time we met I think I was just really nervous and I was like you know what I don't really maybe it's my vibe maybe the first time I see him I'm thinking like I'm not gonna like him at all 
you know, there's going to be something about him that maybe he's not going to look like his picture. Mm-hmm. So there do be a lot so of catfish out there. Huh. Huh. Let me tell you. <laughs> so <laughs> we we met up and um I first saw him and I was like, wow, you know, I don't think he's my type at all. Mm. And I always go like, for the same type of guy. Yeah. What would that what would your ideal type be? And do you believe in red flags? And if you uh, do believe in red flags, how do you basically pick them out of what you take and what you don't want to deal with kind of thing. Because everyone has their their thing that they'll be okay with or not fully okay with, but they'll kind of have to deal with in something that's mm-hmm. like a deal breaker kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, I'd have to say maybe a red flag for me how do I basically how do I spot the red flag was what was your first question um since you have a type what exactly would that be my type so for me my type would be someone that I automatically have that like that firework like something in me gets me going I'm just like oh I need that guy and it could be I love tall men that's always been my thing love tall men I love brolic men I love men with like that that Rick Ross beard. I don't know why. I just do. <laughs> <laughs> and I, there's like, I love men who have like a swagger to their voice. I don't know what it is. I think because I am, I have like a crush on Snoop Dogg and I love mm-hmm. the way he talks. And when I meet a guy who talks like that, I'm just like, wow, there's something about this guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that always attracted me. And I think some of the red flags came with experience because I've dealt with a lot of guys and I've I've gotten my heart broken quite a bit because I was naive I was young I was naive I didn't have experience um I would say red flags to watch out for is that gut feeling and that gut feeling is you just know that there's something about him just not you don't even have to be near him you can talk to him over the phone and you can read what he writes and just something just doesn't sound right or you know or when you are near him, you get these weird feelings and it's not butterflies. You can tell the difference. There's just feeling about him like you can't quite put your finger on it, but you just know like there's something about him that just isn't right. Or you're sitting together and to me, I'm all about like if we're going to be out, let's put our phones away. He has to look at his phone. Or when you guys are together and he's looking at his phone, you can't see the screen because it's facing the other way. That's an automatic red flag. Um, you paying for the bill on your first day. I feel like, <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> I feel like that's a red flag because at least try to take out your wallet. Like for me, I never have a problem with paying because I don't know why. I'm, I'm independent and I was so used to always paying for my own food. That is just like paying for someone else's shoe. That's a regular day. Right. But when it becomes all the time that you're constantly paying or when you want to go out and his first thing that comes out of my, out of his mouth is, yo, so do you have money for that? Because where am I getting the money from? That's a red flag. That's an in-your-face red flag. That's a hi, thank you, goodbye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like, like, I've had so many red flags that over the years that I ignored. And I learned hard lessons because the red flags, oh my gosh, you'll get your heart broken. Some of the guys, they didn't treat me right. And 
I can only, I can't fully blame them. I can only blame myself because I ignored it. Because I was right. like, well, you know what? It's okay. Because, you know, he likes me. So it's all right. And it's not, it's not okay. It's really not. So, in this new relationship that you're so happily in, mm-hmm. and I'm so happy that you're just happy. Like, yeah. You're just so happy, so angelic, just so, like, giddy, and it's so cute. <laughs> <laughs> so, were there any barriers that you felt like going into this relationship that it may not work, or were you just so head over heels, or just so, this is going to work regardlessly? Um, for me... There was a big barrier. My barrier was fear. Hmm. And the fear came from the fact that, you know, I I have HPV. And for those who don't know, it's the human papillomavirus. Um, it's a sexually transmitted disease. You get it basically from having sex. And I got it from a guy that I, gee, I, could, I don't even remember what he looks like now. It was so long ago, which is bad. And when I came into this relationship, anytime I met a new guy, that would be like the number one thing that we would we would honestly talk about. Okay. I would tell them up front. Um, but for him, I was scared because the last guy I told, you know, it didn't work out. And I understood, but it was still hurtful. So it was about after we exchanged numbers a month later, after we met up, I... I talked to him and, you know, I told him, I was like, listen, I want to be honest with you before we move forward. You know, I have this and, you know, I truly understand if you don't want to be with me. You know, I had when I was texting it because I couldn't even talk to him on the phone. That's how, like, I don't know. Nervous you were. Nervous and scared and I hate rejections. I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh. So when I was texting it, I had that feeling in my stomach. And I was like, you know what? This probably be the last time we'll ever talk. So just do it because you hold out and it'll just make it worse. So I I texted him a huge paragraph. I was like, you know, if you want, we can just be friends if that's if that's okay with you, you know. And then he texted me back and he's just like, he was like, why would I not want to talk to you no more? He's like, you know, I love everything about you. He's like, and. I want to know more about this. Like, let's talk about it because, you know, I want to take care of you. And when he said that, I was like, I've never heard that before. And it literally, it gave me this type of feeling. that I'm like, you know, this guy's going to stick around for the long haul because usually when I would tell a guy, they didn't care because they were going to get some and that was it. There's nothing for the long haul. But this right. guy was here for the long haul. And like, when you have like HPV, you got you have to be careful. When 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 me and him we have sex, I'm extremely careful. Like I, it's something that's in the back of my mind, but I will never sit there and just let it like, oh, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm always very careful. And we we've talked about it, and you know, it's just like it's gonna be there for a very long time. And now that we've we've been together so far, it's been like, what, eight months? I still think about it. And I still worry because I'm like in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, 
God, what if I give it to him? He didn't ask for this. Mm. You know, what if he, you know, we get married and he's like, you know, I want to have children. Can we, can we do it the normal way? Is that a thing? You know, and I'm like, if he was to ever ask me to marry him, if we ever reached that point, we would have to literally have that talk because that's something that's going to be, it's, it's going to be around for until the day that I die. And people think like for me, when I first found out that I had it, it was quite a few years ago, you know, my first thought was like, oh, okay, a couple of shots to the butt and I'll be fine. <laughs> no. I called the nurse when she told me, um, I spoke to, I went to the doctor, I got a pap smear, everything. He gave me the works. And then he went through the whole, um, the whole process of explaining what it is and explaining that, you know, many people get that this isn't something that, you know, like no one ever gets. People do get it. And when he was speaking to me, it felt like I was in a trance. Like, it's like I was there, but I wasn't there. And he looked at me, he was like, are you okay? Like you couldn't accept. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't. And for the life of me, I cried because I couldn't accept. I was like, why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) And um, I knew I knew that this was going to be a problem. I felt it. And after I got by pap smear, uh, the the nurse called me and she was like, oh, everything's normal. You're fine. So I told her, when does it go away? She's like, sweetie, this this doesn't just go away. It it may go it may become dormant, but it doesn't go away. And for me, I was one of those people that it did not go dormant. Mm. And I couldn't understand why until he showed me my results and I was like, wow. It was like another strain, like a, a higher strain. And I was just like, those are one of the strains that it doesn't really go dormant and you have to be very careful constantly going to see the doctor so that they can monitor and make sure you don't have any like cancer cells or anything because let me tell you it's it's a lot but to find someone that is willing to just learn about it and not pass judgment not just be like oh one time and she's gone that's it I don't need to deal with that but he I knew he was different because he wanted to learn about it and we talked about it and I don't know. I feel like that's something that I needed. And it's crazy. Cause I told my friend, you know, I don't think this guy's really my type. And she's like, you need to stop looking at what is your type. Cause sometimes your type is no good for you. <laughs> Amen. Like, <laughs> and she was like, I tell people type. that all the time. Like for me, I don't have a type and I don't have a type for a reason. I just know what I like. Mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a type I don't look for a specific type of man because every person, every man I dated was completely different in every way possible mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but why do you think it's hard for people to commit or want to understand or deal with something that's maybe foreign to them that they might be scared of but this could be the love of their life like why would they let that one thing ruin everything it's the stigma i feel like it's the stigma and the lack of education when we hear any type of std the first thing we think of like yo 
that dude's that dude or that female's a straight up hoe. Like only a hoe can get that. Like <laughs> they must be sleeping around with a whole bunch of people. And that's not true. But at all. Because it's like that could be some people's cases. Some mm-hmm. people it could have just been a bad experience. Some people could have been exactly. born with it. But exactly. if you don't understand how mm-hmm. it happened, then we're doing each other a disservice. Exactly. Like you and before then you're, passing judgment. Yeah, oh, go ahead. No, I was saying before passing judgment, you know, you gotta educate yourself. You know, definitely speaking to a doctor, speaking to the person that you're with. There are a lot of people you can actually talk to, videos you can watch just to get better education of what something is. Absolutely. Like, I feel like because society says something, everyone wants to follow that thing. Of course. Instead of, like, actually, like, if you like that person and you deal with that person under up front with what they're dealing with in their life, it's not something that you have to deal with. It's something that if you decide to be a part of my life, that mm-hmm. you're going to have to not necessarily be okay with, but you're going to have to make sure that I'm okay. Or you're going exactly. to have to understand what it is. And if you want to ask questions, by all means, ask as many questions as you want. Like, I don't, I can quite sure I told you this. Like, I dated someone who had HIV. Oh, wow. And although it was scary, I loved him. And I stayed, but I made sure that I was okay. Mm-hmm. I made sure that he was taking the proper meds and everything like that. And we had different um, doctor conversations just to make sure of the process. Right. And like for you, when, you know, your partner first told you, like what's the safety precautions that you, you guys took is, is extremely important just like the safety precautions that me and you know my boyfriend took like we it's it was important because even though like you don't have it he doesn't have it they can like you guys can get it Mm -hmm. and practicing that safety precaution is one of the things that matters also and knowing the things that you can and cannot do is important as well absolutely this education educate yourself Yes. Ask questions. Don't ever be afraid to ask a question. Don't don't ever be afraid to make make like feel like you're asking a dumb question because the information's out there. Yep. And that's just for you. Just so like people, everyone who feels like they can date someone who has a uh, STD or some type of disease is like, I never understood that. Like, yeah, yeah, it might be difficult. It might be scary. But you have to think of the relationship that you've probably been in that you never knew. Because they never told you. Exactly. Exactly. Absolutely. You, and that you happens a lot. Exactly. But for me, I feel like safe sex is just always the best way to begin with. Because yep. in my opinion, you can never be too secure in your relationship. Mm-hmm. Well, you can be off of lust, but not necessarily off of love, unless you know deep down that you're getting tested, that 
you good or whatever the sex is kind of thing before the condoms go off. I feel. Mm -hmm. But that was your barrier. And once you found a real man, because there aren't a lot of real men out there, there's a lot of pretend to be men or men who think they're men until they get hit with some hard truth and they have to decide and they're not ready to make a decision. They're not ready to go out to the batting cage and actually swing and get a home run. They're just ready to go back to the parking lot and say, no, this is too much for me. I can't deal with this. Mm -hmm. So once you found that real man, how how was it afterwards? After unraveling your deepest secret and just laying laying it out on the table. It felt like a breath of fresh air because it wasn't lingering. Like, you know, in the past, I would wait before I sleep with the person, but we already would have been talking for like a couple of months and it was still lingering and it was always there with every conversation. With him, when I finally let it out, it was just like... You know, I could breathe and nothing changed. It was still the same old conversations we were having, laughing, joking around, getting to know each other. It felt great. It really did. That's amazing. Like, exactly. Um, I did ask him, though, like, I'm all about, like, privacy. Absolutely. So I did, I did talk to him and I was like, you know, I know, like, when you get to know my family and I get to know yours, which is coming up soon. I already met like some of his family, but you know, it's at that point where it's like, okay, I'm ready to meet yours. You know, I did ask him to just not say anything to any of his family members, just out of, out of privacy for me, Mm -hmm. because then it'll be, I feel like that would be too much. Mm. I wouldn't know if I'll be able to take that. Like, I, I can't read other people's minds when I'm sitting across from them and, it, and he says something. I can't read. I can't read it. And I don't know if it'll be good or be bad. That anxiety would definitely kick in. Okay. Yeah. But is it that you scared of their perception of you or is it that you feel like the perception of you may alter his feelings for you? I feel like his perception about me, I feel like it hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. But I feel like his family's perception would. Because mm. there's the follow-up questions. Like, we've talked, me and him have talked about, you know, you know, we've all had partners in the past, but I've never told him, like, if I had, like, like the amount of right. partners. I, I haven't had that many. I think five. Five partners. Um, but obviously, I only got HPV from one. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like if I was to have that discussion, you know, in front of like other people outside of just me and him and the people that I told, I feel like the conversation would be completely different. It would be, are you sure? Like, I'm scared of like the the, the stigma behind what people may think of me. Because if you already have your perception of someone who has like an STD, I don't feel like it'll change. You can look at one person who you don't know their sexual status and like, oh, that person's really cool. I like them. You know, we can chill and everything. But then when you find out, would that change? 
would you feel differently about that person that you're you're talking to? Mm. And it's just not something that I feel like I am comfortable or ready to deal with at the moment. Okay. And I completely yeah. understand that. Let's yeah. change the narrative a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we all know that Black women are very unappreciated. Are, are unappreciated. They're disrespected. They are unfortunately looked at as the bottom for whatever reason. What have been your experiences as a Black woman? And then what has been your experiences with interacting with other Black women? Um, I feel like right now, as an adult, I love my experiences with Black women. I love getting to know more about them. Because even though we all may, some of us may share the same skin tone, there's so many different shades of melanin. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know, we all, some of us may look the same. We all have a different, we all have a, a, a story. And I love hearing the stories from other Black women. And especially being natural, that wasn't a thing for me in the past. I would look at someone else, I'm like, wow, that's a really, like, that's powerful to just be like, you know, just be natural and, you know, just walk around with your regular hair. But I never had that in me to do it until, you know, a freak accident at a hair salon. All of a sudden now I'm natural and I, I get it. It's a different experience when you have natural hair. Like it's, you go through a battle mm. with your hair and an emotional battle. Um, listening to how black women talk and when they're like they're in a grocery store and they have someone just staring at them like what you what's what are their reasons for being stared at so much like for me i remember one time i was on my way home and i was talking to my sister i was upset and there was these four white guys that was like sitting behind me on the boat and one of the black and one of the white guys i guess he 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 figured i didn't hear him and he was just like why do black girls always sound like that and I was just hmm. listening. I was just like, sound like what? Exactly. That's what I w- I would love to know. Sound like what? Hmm. I I love the I love the black movement that's coming up now because it's like we're not we're not taking this nonsense no more. Like enough is enough. Like there's my skin does not define who I am. My skin does not define how educated I am. How how talented I am how well I speak because people automatically assume because like the color of your skin obviously you're not intelligent you 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 speak in like ghetto ebonics and I feel like now like we're coming out we're like you know whatever perception you've had of us in the past that's gone we're not pulling up with that nonsense we are entrepreneurs you know we're not just you know someone's nanny you know we are providers. We are people who already just take over the world because uh, change needs to happen. And obviously, it's going to have to start with us. But how can we as people, I'll say more men, how can mm-hmm. Black men fully support Black women? Stop letting other people define a black woman. 
stop allowing people to bash us and stop letting our own people bash us. We got to support each other. And I feel like for Black men, a lot of them come to our defense. I, we can't even say like all Black men do that. Like mm-hmm. all Black men, you know, talk you know down about Black women. No, a lot of them come to our defense because it's like, no, not all Black women are like that. They support us. And I think that we need, there's no such thing as 100% support. Shoot, I'll take 95%. We need 95% of that support. Why can't it be 100, though? Because there'll always be those stragglers that'll toggle, like, in between. Like, I'll support, but uh, I won't fully support. I've I've heard guys say that they have their quote-unquote preferences. Mm. And I... I can't stand that. Like, oh, I can't, I can't do it like black women because they do blah, blah, blah. So you're a black man. So your mom is like that. Your sister's like that. Your auntie's like that. How would you like it if some dude said that nonsense to them? I bet you would not be happy. And if they change their narrative, other people would change also. Like, it's all about the way you say things. Like, don't get me wrong. You can have a preference. Everyone mm-hmm. has a preference, but keep it to yourself. Don't put down um, another group to lift up another. Like, what what point does that make? Like, if you if you like someone of another race, if you that's your preference of women, go right on ahead. If you like don't like women with natural hair, that's your personal preference. But don't sit there and make it seem like oh I don't like that because it makes them look like their hair is nappy or or whatever it is that they're going to say about that. Like, you got to, we got to support each other. So that, does that still fall into not understanding, not doing your homework, not really looking at the bigger picture? Because Black women are multifaceted. Mm -hmm. People are multifaceted. So just like how they might think Black women are one specific box, which is different type of Black woman. Mm -hmm. it, It just doesn't sit well with me. Just like how, I guess, how white people look at black people. And how mm-hmm. they are afraid of us because we're so powerful, but we don't even understand our power. Exactly. That's, that's the sad part. Exactly. That's why they're killing us. That's why they don't like us. That's why they don't want us in these seats because they know how powerful we are. But because we're in these predicaments and because we're in the places that we live and we have these experiences that we had, we forgot or we got amnesia to the fact of how powerful we really are, especially mm-hmm. when we stick together. Exactly. But until us as people really understand how powerful our skin tone is, how powerful we are just walking into a room, mm-hmm. then we'll understand the magnitude of graces and this beautifulness that we have exactly i is that 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 in itself is like that power thing is is amazing and i feel like that also for us we have to i feel like why sit there and want to get a seat at the table let's just make our own table 
put our own seats there and we just invite people from all over and we just come together and we just sit down because we don't need to try to sit there and, and hope that someone will sit there and slide over a little bit so that we can join that table. We make our own table. We make our own space. With that, a lot of people unfortunately scared to do that because they feel like if that doesn't work, then they have nothing. So they'd rather have a little bit of something than nothing at all. But that's how you become successful. That's how you become a a person. That's how you learn. That's how you live. That's how you grow as a person. By being, not being scared. By being unapologetically yourself. By standing up for what you need to stand up for. And if that means that you need to make your own table, because this table is not for you, this table is not feeding you the food that you need to, to eat, then you shouldn't be scared to make your own table. Exactly. But the more people who are willing to make their own table, we have a lot of people out there making their own table and putting people on with our color. Yep. And that is amazing. Mm-hmm. We just need more people to just continue yes. to make their own tables mm-hmm. and continue to just build the black dollar. The black dollar is so powerful, but if it's not going in the black communities, it's nothing. And the more people who build the black dollar and who builds their own tables, we're not, that's not saying that we don't want the white dollar. It's just saying that we're tired of the white dollar telling us how much we can have. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, so let's like... end off with this. So we've been on here for 38 minutes. And wow. <laughs> a much needed conversation and hopefully a lot of people understand they dealt with it they have different experiences within the topics that we talked about I just want to end off with this something light because this has been so heavy so I don't know if you heard about the, the newest versus battle that's going to happen I don't know no I didn't it's with Which Brandy one? and Monica it is finally happening Oh, it's happening oh, August thirty first. All right, so I'm already team Monica. So, well, you know. I guess I don't have to ask you that, huh? <laughs> <laughs> but why are you team Monica? Then I tell you why I'm team Monica. Because, yeah, I'm team Monica. I just feel like her. Her songs, they're just amazing. Like, I want to be down. And you should have known better. I want to. Every time I, I listen down to that song. Boo boo. Oh, my bad. <laughs> I'm still seeing Monica. But uh, I felt like I was saying, I was like, wait, I think that's Brandy. That's all right. That's all right. But uh, I should have known better. I think it was one of my favorite ones. And I was just like, oof. I love that. Every time I listen to it, I just like close my eyes. I'm just like, yep. Yeah, this is my song right here. It puts you in like a trance. For me, I always go for the underdog. Well, not always, but in this particular case, like I was, I like Brandy. She's a very great vocalist. Mm-hmm. However, I connected more with Monica. I connected more with her songs. Yeah her vocal ability that which I feel like is underrated. 
I don't feel like they give Monica's voice enough praises that they need to. Because in my opinion, she sounds better than Brandy. Yes, Brandy has all the runs and all whatever she can do. But in terms of like vocal ability, in terms of like vocals, I feel like Monica has it. And I feel like Monica has more hits. I feel like Monica just has more, like gives you more of a variety of music. You have your soul song, you have your your hip hop and rap slash pop songs, just straight R and B. You just have different facets of Monica. Mm-hmm. But I'm so Absolutely. here for this battle. I'm happy that they finally realize that this is what they need to do, and we're about to get it. Oh, um, I'm definitely going to have to watch that one because, I mean, I wonder, are they going to bring out all, like, a lot of, like, the 90s? Are they going to bring some of, like, the the ones that's, that's like, now? Like, how are they going to do they, it? They, they probably start with the 90s and then come home to current music. Well, I'm ready for that. I got to watch that. So, as we end this, what last words do you want to give to Kimi's podcast listeners. I want to say just let's just love and educate each other because that's right now that's kind of like all we got going for us. Just love and educate each other and everything else they just it's just going to follow. You know, just that's 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 basically it. Just love and just educate ourselves. Mm. I couldn't have said it better myself. But thank you for joining. Thank you for actually wanting to come on and deep dive into some tough, hard-hitting topics that I know you was a little nervous about um, opening up with those topics. But thank you. I'm quite sure you're going to help a lot of people out there that have different, that have the same experiences Yes, and I do. And I hope that anyone who's listening, if you're going through the same experiences, it it, it might get worse before it gets better, but it always gets better. Let's see when I know it. It always gets better. Thank you for listening to Kimi with DT's channel. Thank you. Hit me up on Facebook. I came holder. And this was episode 59. Thank y'all. Laters. <laughs>